Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, we've wrapped up the Eastern Conference for our division previews. I think that one, I'm glad we got that one out of the way first, because that one is much harder. Kind of broke my brain a little bit, I'm not going to lie That one took a lot of time. A lot of time to figure out. The West, I've kind of only messed with it a few times since I've made it the first time. I feel okay with it. We're going to start with the Pacific Division and finish with the Central next episode. Hang on, dude, but before, I, I forgot to ask you this. What, did you see what ESPN's trying to do with that NHL goal zone or frozen frenzy? I did, and they're only doing it like once. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, don't get me excited for something, and it's not going to happen. See, the thing is, I like the idea. I hope it catches on, and I want it to work. But it's ESPN, and their hockey coverage is not great. If TNT was doing it, I think it'd be much more successful. Yes, I really, I, I want something like this. I need something like this. For me personally, I would enjoy hockey so much more with something like this because I love Red Zone. I, um, like if if the Ravens aren't playing, it's the only way I can really watch football. Correct. Keep up with everything. If I had a hockey version of that, I'm there every time. I need yep. something like that. I really want them to get this right, but I don't know if I believe in them. I don't. It's a great idea that I wish maybe NHL Network was doing or TNT was because doing. Because the thing is, they're going to be covering 16 games Like because yeah. every team is playing that day. Yes. I don't know if they're going to be able to. I don't, I don't trust ESPN's production process enough that they're going to successfully cover every game happening at the same time. Yeah. John Bucigros is the perfect host for this, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with it. There, I just I hope that the inevitable problems that are going to happen are not going to be enough to stop it from happening in the future because I yes. want something like that to succeed. Agreed. And I wanted to talk about that because I just saw something pop up about it and I was like, we haven't talked about that on the show yet. Yeah, but yeah. Get, get that out of the way first. We'll stop yeah. the eventual rant from coming later. Now we are going to do our division previews. I think we probably have the same teams and last in every division, I imagine. And I imagine it's the same here. Number eight uh, the San Jose Sharks, who are, in my opinion, probably the worst team in the league this year. They are the only team in the NHL actively trying to lose games. Yes, that more than anything, yeah, we want to lose games. We are making zero progress. We are actively in the down of downs when it comes to a rebuild. Finally, if you're a Sharks fan, yeah. finally. And even then, it's like it's it's not looking super bright for them at the moment yep. they drafted some good kids give them that i like the will smith pick for them quentin musty they had a good draft this year but there's a long way to go probably the longest of any bad team right now yes they are literally in the first year of shit yeah and they've been shit for a while correct and they just they just haven't gotten much out of it yeah because what did they trade away for carlson didn't they trade around two first round picks for him they traded the pick that turned into Tim Stutzla. Yeah, that sucks. That hurts. That hurts. And then they still have Couture signed for what? Two more years? Three more years? Uh, Logan Couture is signed for four more years, my friend. Four more. You have Mark Edward Vlasic, who is 
two years past his prime already. I'd argue more than two. Yeah, he's he's signed for three or four more years. Three more years, $7 million. I mean, the thing with the Sharks is actually, I guess, cap space is a little bit of a concern. They've only got $3 million of it left. Then Hurdle is still signed until 2030. Oof. And they took on Mikhail Granlund. And, like, they, there's a mass exodus coming this coming season. LeBanc is going to leave. Hoffman, Duclair, Kunin, Barabanov, and Oscar Lindblom's already on waivers right now. I mean, there's a lot of turnover coming with this Sharks team. Nothing about this team suggests positive results. The best possible scenario for this team is that um, Anthony Duclair has a great season playing 30 minutes a night for them, basically because there's no one else who's going to score on this team. And Hoffman, Gronland, Cunnan, Barabanov, all their upcoming UFAs light it up enough that they just hoard all of the draft picks for this coming draft. They hoard them more than the Coyotes have. They just have their own little hall of draft picks where they get, they already have the Penguins first for this coming season because the Eric Carlson trade. I really am losing my voice, Jesus. <laughs> and they have the the Devils second, I believe that was from the trade with them for... Timo. Yeah, for Timo. And it was weird because I, I got so confused for a second. But anyway, yeah, you're good. for Timo, they still have the second round pick for that one. For some reason, I thought that was a different trade, but... This there's this is a piece of remnants from the good sharks, and it's not many of them left, and a bunch of castoffs. Yeah, they could finish with less than fifty five points. I think I think fifty five is probably a pretty reasonable guess for them. I I think there there have been worse worst teams of the year than this current iteration of the sharks. There are at least NHL players on this team. It's still not good though. Oh, that defense core is one like them in Philadelphia may have the two worst defense cores in in hockey. History. Like I yeah. said, the the Flyers might be the worst one I've ever seen. This is worse. This is so much worse. This is so unbelievably worse that I don't even know where to start. I don't like Mario Ferraro. I think is a fine player. The fact that he is your best defenseman does a lot. Like that man is a sixth defenseman on a good team. Correct. And he is probably going to be playing 24 minutes a game. Yeah. They're going to be really bad, dude. They're going to be bad. And Capo Kakinen, I'm so sorry that they're going to destroy you. Yeah. They're going to ruin his career. This is, I think this season is legitimately what's going to rob Capo Kakinen of like millions. He's going to get absolutely destroyed to the point yes. where I don't think anyone's going to want to sign him ever again. Yes. You're right. They're going to be absolute dumpster fire. Should be the lock for the highest odds to get the number one pick next year. Yeah. They are going to have a top three pick in the draft this coming season. Yes. That's worst case scenario. Like I, honestly, I don't think it's even close for I don't think so, another yeah. team. I don't. I don't even think the Flyers are this bad. I don't think anyone in the Central is going to be that bad. I don't think the Habs are going to be even close to this bad. The, like, this well, is. That's where I said it's going to be better. I, I think yeah. Philadelphia is going to be not terrible. They should have the worst record in the league by a significant margin. Yeah, like this isn't going to be like last year where it comes down to the last game for four teams with who's getting the the best odds at Bedard. This is going to be the Sharks. Yeah. They are in a league of their own in terms of shit this year. They are. I have them in last by like a mile. In I do too. I do too. Uh, number seven, I think we're both going to be on the same page. Ducks. Yep, I have the Ducks. Not going to be as bad as they were last year. I think Greg Cronin's going to go in there and do a really good job for them. Yeah, but it is going to be a process with them. You can't yep. you can't fix a year of shit in one year. It's going to take a while 
for Cronin to really get his hands on this team and really start to fix them. They're not going to be as bad as they were last year, but that is a very low bar to clear. If they can hit 70 points, I think that would be an achievement for them. I think they're a 65 point team. I I would like for them to hit 70 with this roster. It's not the worst roster I've ever seen. There's some young players here. You really want Trevor Zegers to take a step this year. Because yeah, you want, him, he, you want McTavish, you want Drysdale, you want all of these young guys to take the next step. Yeah, McTavish, Zegris, Leo Carlson got helped off at practice today, so that's uh, not yeah. a good sign. Couldn't really put pressure on his leg, so great. that's not a great start for them either right now. You really, yeah, you really want Jamie Drysdale to take a big step as a defenseman. He didn't. He still hasn't signed. So he, no, he signed. Yeah. He signed like today. Oh, he did. I think he he what's the, he signed yesterday. Oh, for, okay. 2.3 for three seasons. That's not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. No. I mean, then they they signed some guys. I mean, they signed Kalorn, who's going to start the season with a broken finger and not play. Yep. They signed Radko Gudis, who's just going to make them like mildly annoying once every few games. Correct. Not going to help them win any hockey games. But I mean, there, there's more players on this team now than there were last season. They're not going to be dead last. They're also not going to compete for a playoff spot in I don't I really can't even stretch myself to say that they're going to even compete for it unless all of their young guys break out at the same time and John Gibson returns to form yeah that's the only path and even then I don't think it's enough nope I think they're comfortably in the seventh place in the Pacific yeah I think it is a a pretty solid distance between them and sixth in this division and then probably maybe an even bigger difference between them and San, San Jose yep Agreed. Agreed. Who do you have at number six? At number six, I this this is one where it starts to get a little tough because I think this team is going to be better than they were last year. I don't think they're going to be too bad, but the the Vancouver Canucks, they just they're just they remind a- me. Do they not remind you a lot of the Capitals in in the Atlantic, where it's like you just said so many confused the Capitals in the Atlantic would like. Sorry, Metropolitan. We yeah. were talking about the Atlantic in the last episode. You just threw me for like 500 loops. There. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. But that's that's what they remind me of. Like the current Capitals right now? Kind of. Okay. Okay. I can I can see where you're coming from with that. The The saving grace for this team is Elias Pettersson, who even with everything they went through last season, uh, put himself into superstar territory. He went from 68 points in 80 games and everyone wondering, is this even a guy? And he had 102 points last year in, in the same amount of games. He took a massive step forward. But it also yeah. just seems like it's the classic Canucks right now where they're half in and they're half out. We're trying to get younger and rebuild, but we're also trying to win now. It's just they never seem to be able to make up their mind on what they want to do. They just constantly go with this one foot in the rebuild pool and then they pull it out the second they start getting some good picks and then they have to dip back in because they didn't do enough. And Pedersen and Hughes, I think, are going to have big seasons. I really hope Thatcher Demko can have a big season because I had to draft him in fantasy because we had that twenty we had that twenty team draft with all Ridiculous. the gone by round three. So you basically like it's not even worth drafting a goalie after that. So I waited until like round nine and only Demko was available. So I need him to have a big year. But outside thing, of that, go for it. The, the thing is, and if you can't already tell, I'm battling a cold during these entire episodes, so I've been sneezing a lot. So Griffin's had been doing a lot ad lib. The point I was trying to make with Vancouver is I think they're going to be a good team. And the reason they remind me of the Capitals is the Capitals may finish sixth in their division. 
but I think they're still going to be a good team. I just think there's teams in their division that are better than them. Yeah. And I can see that with the Canucks, but I feel like this is the opposite of what I had with Tampa last episode where I looked at their team and I thought it was going to be way worse than it was. I'm looking at Vancouver and honestly, I thought it was better. Yeah. I thought there was a little more here, even with, with me putting them in six. It, this is Elias Pettersson and the JT Miller. We'll, we'll see if he back checks ever. He's probably going to be a point per game, which helps them a lot. But outside of that, it's it's their band of merry men and Quinn Hughes, Captain Quinn Hughes, I yep. will add, is going to have another solid season. I, th- I think we know what Quinn Hughes is at this point. This is going to be his fifth full season in the league. Yep, He's a really, really good puck moving defense, maybe the best pure puck mover in the NHL, just in terms of how many assists this guy gets solid in his own end. I wouldn't say he's exceptional in his own end, but there's just outside of that. There's just there's not a lot here. And. I don't know. I keep hearing like culture from the Canucks this season, which is a bad sign. It's like, we're changing the culture. It's like, Oh, so you're going to be bad. Yeah. I think they finish exactly the same as I think they're an 80 to 85 yeah. point team. And honestly, now that I've said it out loud, I think there is a solid distance between fifth and sixth in this division. And yeah. then maybe an even bigger distance between that and Anaheim. And then maybe an even bigger distance between that and San Jose. I think there's, this is a pretty easy division to clump into which teams are good. Yeah, I think there are three gaps in this division because honestly, I think I've soured on Vancouver a little bit as this conversations went on, which isn't a good sign because I already had them in sixth. But moving the, on, but that's I, that's where they're going to finish. Yeah, that's where they're finish. we're we're omnipotent. We know everything. We're never wrong. Correct. Correct. But yeah. Um, on, I think this I, is where it gets interesting. It. I think it does get interesting. I imagine we're going to have maybe not the same, but it's going to rhyme from here on out. Where in fifth, I have the Seattle Kraken finishing i think they're still going to be a very good team and i'm maybe spoiling my central stuff here i still have them in the playoffs i still think they're going to make the playoffs as i think there's five playoff teams in the pacific as well yeah and i think this is really going to be kind of the same team they were last year except they're not going to surprise anyone this time which i think is going to work against them yeah i have them in fourth i have them in fourth again i it's just I think this team's only going to get if Maddie Beniers can take that next step. That's really the key for this team. Uh, interested to see if Shane Wright makes it out of camp. I haven't seen anything about that. If he's going to be on the opening night roster, I haven't been too tuned into the Kraken because, quite frankly, I'm trying to tune them out after the playoffs last year. Yeah. So I think Burakovsky coming back is going to be a huge get that's, for them. I and mean, that's the only thing I care about at the end of the day. Right. Berkey's back. He was activated off LTIR, and that is the only thing I've heard from the Kraken. Yep. So I, I think that team's going to be rock solid again. I think Grubauer is going to build off his playoff success from last year, be better in net. Um, I, I just think they're a very solid team, and I think they finish fourth. I so, think they're the they're the Islanders with actually good players, where it's like they have enough here. They play exciting I, hockey. Yeah, like they're they're an exciting team. But now there is a little bit of expectation. Like you're not the fun upstart anymore. You made the playoffs. You won a round. I know we saw it firsthand and everything. But now there comes an expectation of like, well, now we need to improve on this. And they didn't really do much this offseason. Like this just kind of seems like the same team again. They're not moving ahead of the the top three in the division. I imagine you have the same team in, in fifth that I have in fourth right now, if you want to just yeah. say that. but Yeah, I got the Flames in fifth. Yeah, I think also the thing with the Kraken that does concern me 
is that they are very much a team that is as strong as their weakest link. And they had a lot of things work out for them last year. A lot of things click. But if Jared McCann doesn't have another 40-goal season, if Vince Dunn turns out to be just an anomaly, then that could really hurt them. But if Berkey is having a full season and is solid for them again, then I, I still think this team's going to make the playoffs. I still think they're young enough that they're going to improve, especially with Matty Beniers. I want to see what Ty Cartier can do after his playoff last year, now that we don't have to witness it firsthand. Yep. And I think there's enough here that they're going to get back into the playoffs, but just in terms of improvement, I don't know if there's enough there from the Kraken to really separate themselves and start building themselves a true cup contender. This is a very good playoff contender, but I think they need more high-end talent to get them that far. I agree. They, they got away with it against the Avs in the first round when we were decimated with depth. But when Dallas didn't have that problem anymore, they came close, but they they couldn't finish the job. Couldn't finish it. I, I think it's fair, uh, but we both have the Kraken as a playoff team. That, that's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, and then we move on to the team you have in fourth, the team I have in fifth, the Calgary Flames. Probably the most unlucky team last year without question like that that for that alone is why i have them in the playoffs right now where they their record in one goal games was absolutely abysmal and they were right there knocking on it the whole time even with jonathan huberto having a horrendous season going from 115 points to 55 which is unfathomable to lose 60 points that's not happening again and now daryl sutter's out Ryan Huska is in the vibes on this team are going to be a little different. I don't think they're going to go super deep, but I think if they can get some of this to gel a little more, get more from Huberto, get more from Kadri and get some of these young guys in here. I want to see what Matthew Coronado can do. I want to see what Cole Schwint can do. And I don't think Jacob Markstrom's going to be as bad this year. I don't think he is, and I think their backup, uh, that Wolf kid, is has a potential to be really good too. Yeah, he was the HL goalie of the year last year. So, I, I think Calgary's a safe playoff team. It's just, even if they get a little bit of regression to the mean when it comes to those one goal losses, I still think they're right around a hundred points, and I think that's where the Kraken are going to be. I think it's a coin flip on where these two teams finish. Yeah, I agree. I think it's only going to be a couple of points. Like, I just think the Flames are a classic, like just really bad year last year. This is what the Flames are. They have really bad years. They followed up with a decent year. And maybe two years from now, they'll be at the top of the division again. They just they're constantly on this roller coaster. And I think like Huberto, I I imagine is going to be like plus in like in the 70s and 80s, yeah. probably probably around point per game, not up to 115 anymore but not 55. Like like most things, the truth is probably going to lie in the middle with him probably at a point per game, which is going to help them a lot. Nazem Kadri, I think, honestly, might be reasonable to expect another 60-ish point season from Kadri's hovering around where he was last season with them at 56 points. He played the whole year. And they've got a solid defense as well. I mean, it's far from bad with Uyghur and Anderson, Hannafin, Tanev. I, I, I really like Rasmus Anderson. I think I in do. terms of I think in terms of defenseman, he could be one of the most underrated players. I I'm a big Rasmus Anderson guy. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just they're in the other sections of this division, 
the Kraken and Flames are in their own section as well. Yeah, they aren't a, as good as the top three, but they are still solid playoff teams. There's a lot of tiers in this division, and yep. Calgary and Seattle rest in the same one at the moment. But in the same breath with Calgary, it's not hard to be pessimistic about them too, considering how last season went and everything. And they are technically worse. They did lose Tyler Toffoli and replace him with Igor Sharangovich, and didn't really make any big additions this season. This is far from a Stanley cup contender, very far from very, very far, but I can definitely see them getting in as a wild card team, potentially a playoff opponent for the avalanche. If they win the division and it really does come down to Markstrom because he went from a Vesna finalist at a nine twenty two to an eight ninety two last season. And if they just get a little bit better, they make the playoffs. Agreed. Agreed. But they're, they're safe for the playoff team. Let's move on to the top three. The, these are the heavy hitters in, yeah. in this division. We're definitely going to spend a lot more time on these than yeah. the last couple. This is where the list gets kind of tough for me. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. This team I have in third could very easily win the division if everything goes right for them. But I don't trust their goaltending, and that's the Los Angeles Kings. I also have the Kings in third. Like we're talking about how close this division is. Honestly, I think it's another tier. I think you have the top two in this division. Interesting. Okay. And then it's LA. Cause I think with the Kings, I think they've grown a little stale. I think they brought in Pierre-Luc Dubois. I know this season, but they also gave up a good amount off of their roster to go and get that. They did. They did. But that, that forward group is, is up there as one of the best in the league. It is. It definitely is. But they they subtracted a good amount from their forward group and their defense in order to bring that in to the point where it doesn't negate it, but it doesn't make it as strong as it could have been to begin with. I really do like this team. They're always going to be a dark horse team. We had them as a solid dark horse going into the playoffs last year. But the only two teams left here are Vegas and Edmonton. And matching up against those two in the playoffs, I I don't like the Kings odds. We've seen it against Edmonton two years in a row. They haven't had enough to get it done. I think they overcorrected in the wrong spots. They tried to make their forward group better when they should have been making their decor better. Yeah. They, I don't think they needed Dubois. I think it's going to make them technically better, but their defense, I've said it for too long. It's not good enough. Their D is not good enough. And their goaltending cam Talbot's not pushing you over the top. Neither is Phoenix Copley. Neither is Phoenix Copley. You might have gotten the best case scenario from Phoenix Copley last year, and that was a 903 in 37 games. That man was an AHL starter who had one okay year as a backup in Washington. 
And they got a solid forward core. There's also the potential that Quinton Byfield takes a big step this season. He needs to now. It's got it's gotten to the point where that needs to happen for them. But Kopitar's not going anywhere. They, they should hope he's not going anywhere. They still got solid player like Adrian Kempe, another super underrated guy. Kevin Fiala had a quietly strong season for them. They've got solid depth, but honestly, Christian, I I'm not super sold on this team. Honestly, like I th- I think the the shine has worn off, and I I think they're a little stale. Yeah, I don't know, man. They're they aren't. They're safe in the top three in this division. They're good enough to be a top three team in this division. The goaltending terrifies me. Yeah, like especially when you compare when you compare it to Vegas and Edmonton. Honest, I I don't think they're super close. I don't think they close the gap like they were supposed to. I think you, this is really hinging on if Quinton Byfield can take that next step and become even a top six player, let alone a superstar. Like this guy is projected to get top line minutes right now. They need that from him. They get and they're getting good depth. More Dino Arvidsson. Probably pound for pound, if that's their third line, that's probably the best third line in the league, or at least yes. very close to it. That's an outstanding third line. And they still are keeping Trevor Lewis around. They've got him back. Blake Lazat, Jared Anderson, Dolan. It's just their their defense isn't enough. Drew Doughty, like he's been kind of up and down for a while now. And he was up last year. Make no mistake. He was up, but he was also hurt the year before. And there was a couple years after that where there were some down years for him. And you're you're hoping he doesn't revert back to that. I like Mikey Anderson. I think he's a solid option, but I think I think you're right. I think they got Vlad Gavrikov last year at the deadline, and he was he was good for them. He was good. He was fine. He didn't move a needle for them, and then they signed him to an, an extension, and then they traded away Sean Dersey, who uh, there's the analytics argument that he was overrated, and they were able to go and get Dubois instead. You know, it's I don't buy that personally, but yeah. I I can see the argument for it at very least. It's just this team has a good system. I think they've got a good system. That's why they're given Todd McClellan an extension that I think covers up some of their problems, but I just don't think they have enough talent to push them over the top. It's going to get them in. I, I don't see this team getting out of the first round. Like, I don't, if they I run don't. into Edmonton or Vegas in the first round, like if they lose to Edmonton again, it'd be very funny. Yeah. Like wh- then you've got to ask, what are we doing here? Right. I agree. I agree. So we both have them third. This is where I think it can get a little interesting. Uh, Number two, I have Vegas. I also have Vegas in number two. And I mean, so we, so we're only different on Seattle and Calgary. Yeah. I mean, the West, I feel like it's pretty easy to predict this year. It kind of is Vegas. I think is a very good team. Obviously the defending Stanley cup champions, they don't need my praise and to have me say that they're a good team. They are a good team. They know they're a good team. Jack Eichel, I mean, this team had it all come together in the playoffs. After, I think, a fine regular season, which is crazy because they were the best team in the Western Conference, a lot went wrong and went right for them at the same time, where they had four goalies go down and Aiden Hill step up enough to win them a Stanley Cup. I think that's what's going to be the reason why they don't win this division this year. But I will will say they've got Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson, which – I think is very cheap goaltending. Not anymore with Aiden Hill because that's five million bucks now. But Logan Thompson more makes up for that. This guy makes less than minimum in the NHL, and they've got a deep team. Eichel's going to have another great year. Ivan Barbashev thrived in that system with them. Jonathan Marshall is going to be strong again. Stevenson, Howden. This is a playoff team. This is a team that when they get to the playoffs, it's all going to click. And in the regular season, it's going to work, and they're going to be dangerous. 
But I think the way Edmonton is built right now, it pushes them over them for right now. Correct. I completely agree with you. But Vegas is going to comfortably make it in the playoffs. I just think Edmonton's going to kind of be on their fuck you mode this year. And Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. And Vegas, I think their play style is very, like, it, it doesn't lean itself into, like, complacency the way they forecheck in their defensive scheme, but there is complacency after coming off a Stanley cup championship. That is going to happen. We saw it with the abs last year. The the thing with Vegas's Stanley cup last year is they had to give the con Smythe to a player. The the MVP of Vegas was Bruce Cassidy. The way he, the, the way he came into Vegas last year and fixed so many of their problems. And in the playoffs, he, he embarrassed the other coaches. He outcoached everyone in every game, in every series. He was, exceptional and you can't give con Smythe to a coach and that'd I think be cool if you could though that's a big difference for vegas you look at them on paper it's not it's not super sexy yeah. but at the end of the day they have the second best coach in the western conference behind jared bednar and bruce cassidy does a lot for this team and gives them great structure and ultimately is going to make them i think part of the the power four in the western conference this season Correct. It's they're going to be a very good team. I just think complacency is going to happen. There is some form of complacency when you're coming off a Stanley Cup championship. There is. There is. And I I think Cassidy can be a coach that can help fight against that because outside of the goaltending, like they they kind of got through it okay. Like there wasn't a ton of injuries that you would expect from a Stanley Cup champion. I mean, I'm sure Mark Stone will magically go down with something 30 games into the season that'll put them on LTIR and they can make another trade. But right now it seems like they're kind of okay. I think Zach Whitecloud had surgery yesterday. That's going to keep him week to week. But for compared to most Stanley cup champions in recent years, that is a light sentence compared to like what we had to deal with, what Florida is having to deal with right now, playing this. And they lost. And they lost. So Vegas with their structures and their coaching and keeping a lot of this same team around, they're going to be great again this year going to be in the hunt to win the west they're going to have a really good chance to repeat as stanley cup champions but i think there is a team ahead of them in the pacific division right now that for the regular season it's it's lining up for them to have a really really good year yep not see i mentioned others uh they were very good last year very good if it wasn't for Stuart skinner this team probably could have been a shit show They, they probably could have been but he came in, he was a solid goalie. Can Jack Campbell get back to where he was in Toronto? That's the question. He has to. They're paying him $5 million to be a backup goalie. They he, they need him to be a 900. They do. They do. But you have Connor McDavid, best player in the world. Leon Dreisaitl, top five player in the world. The defense, not great, but it's not that bad. They don't have a superstar on the defensive end, but it's, it's solid. It's better with Mateus Ekholm now. Yes. where it's not Darnell Nurse and just dragging around a, this bloody defense. And Evan Bouchard could be in line for a massive bump this season as well. So Ekholm Bouchard is the real meat of the Oilers' defense, in my opinion. Darnell Nurse just makes the money. And they've done work on their offense to where you can't say they're not giving Connor McDavid help anymore. I think they gave him 
a guy that I was hoping the Avs would sign and Connor Brown, which I, th- I think is a great cheap addition for them that they're getting at league minimum at the moment. And basically all, if Brown really works out, they're pushing that cap entirely to next season with all the bonuses mm-hmm. in there and everything, which is surprisingly smart from Ken Holland, but they're giving him dry sidle still. And Vander Kane is probably going to be much healthier if he doesn't slice his wrist again on a skate. If he plays the entire season, he's going to be much better. Now he's also had an offseason to rest that hand because he he wasn't the same when he came back afterwards. And Zach Hyman was exceptional last season. Nugent Hopkins had over 100 points. Granted, a lot of power play, but points are points. And it's okay enough on the third and fourth line that you can't say that the Oilers are getting caved in when McDavid's not on the ice anymore. They're actually going to be able to, to be a very formidable team. I think they win the West in the regular season. Honestly, this might be a bolder take for me. I think they win the President's Trophy. I like that one too. Yeah, someone has going to be very good this regular season. Someone has to. I don't think it's the Leafs. I think the Hurricanes and the Devils are going to fight it out and they'll come close. I don't want the Avalanche to win it, nope. so I'm going to leave it with the Oilers. You yeah, can have to be that. Very, very. Thank good. you very much. Take it, please. Have it. Yeah. Very, very good. So. The Oilers, yeah. The Pacific Division really is two teams, and it's the same in the Central Division. There's yeah. two I, I think the Pacific, along with the Atlantic, has some teams in line that could be a surprise. I mean, Cal- Calgary, it's just the way they are, yeah. where they are always a surprise, whether for better or for worse. They're always way worse or better than anyone is ever expecting of them. And just even getting back to Edmonton, I mean, it's time to stop fucking around for the Oilers there, there can't be more excuses with this team. It's like, Oh, the abs cheated. The Knights cheated. They've been on their long playoff runs. Now they've been cup favorites for a while. They've comfortably made the playoffs for a couple of years now. And McDavid and dry those contracts are starting to loom. Yeah. McDavid's three years away. Dry only two. Once you get to next off season, you're going to have to put dry extension in, and that's not going to be cheap. We're going to be he's talking about that as soon as next season. Like, this clock is ticking and it's hard to win a cup. This team, they need to have the right attitude. They can't be victims anymore. This victim attitude is getting them nowhere. Where it's that they lose to the ads or like the McCarr goal was offside and McKinnon slew foot dry sidle. And if he was healthy, it didn't you got swept. It didn't matter. And at the end of the day, they they went toe-to-toe with the Golden Knights in the second round and they folded. They, they fold- gave them the best series the, the Knights had all. They did, and they could have beaten them. They absolutely could have beaten them, but they they folded. The Knights kept on the pressure, and the Oilers couldn't take it. The Oilers need to learn those lessons because they have enough to win. If Stort Skinner can keep the same season he had last year, he doesn't even need to improve. Just be a 9-10, a 9-15. In the playoffs, he needs to be much better. Let's make no mistake about that. But if Stort Skinner can grow, you can't blame Mike Smith anymore. You can't blame it all, and we don't have a goalie. You know, Ekholm's not a superstar, but he's good enough that you can't blame everything on your defense. It's not; it's far from the best defense in the league. But when, when you have McDavid and Drysdale, and these guys do not disappear in the playoffs, they are just as good in the playoffs as they are in the regular season. I mean, Drysdale, he was on pace to break the goals record. He had 13 goals in 12 games, but it still wasn't enough because they need other people on this team to hold their weight. I, st- I still think McDavid was hurt from that Kings series. Yeah, I think he was too. That that They should have beaten Vegas. They should have. 
I mean, Vegas deserves their credit. I mean, they took the Oilers' best punch several times and landed plenty of haymakers. And the Oilers, they they can't take punches. That's been their problems. Like when when they face a team that can neutralize their greatest threats and go toe to toe with them, they don't have an answer. It was their problem with the Avs. It's why the Avs are such a good matchup for them, but because they have McKinnon and they have Rantanen and they have McCarr, and they're not afraid of McDavid and Drysdale because they can at least match that. And then after that, the Avs are better. And the Oilers they need to be able to win those matchups off the ice. McDavid and Drysdale are going to get you in, but after that, it's got to it's it's got to be up to everyone to pull their weight. Because what they've beaten the Avs once in the past three years. Yeah, and I mean, I mean they've won two in the regular season two years ago, and they won one last year. Am I yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So the the Avs have their number. It's it's put up or shut up time for the Oilers. I agree with you on that, yeah. and I I think they put up in the regular season at least. Yeah, and I agree. I they're probably going to have to go through Vegas again in the second round in order to get there first. But the way I have it set up, they would play Seattle in the first round. That'd be fun. They can't sneeze at that. We mm-hmm. saw that. You you can't take that team lightly in the playoffs. They're going to have to show up for that series. I, I would think they would win it, obviously. But it, this has got to be a year for the Oilers where it's just like, you can't keep talking about it. You've got to actually go and do it. You can't keep saying you're the best team in the league, and then the second you face an equal, you lose. It's they have to, and I, I don't know if this is the year to do it because I'm high on a couple other teams that I think can beat them. Yeah, like obviously in the Vegas, Vegas can beat them, as we saw. But also, if a couple things go their way, maybe the Oilers can beat them. But then, when you get to the Central Division, would they be able to take down the winner of that division? We will, so. but for the regular season, I think the Oilers they're my pick to win the President's Trophy. I like that pick. I think they win the West. Yeah. Who do you have as your President's Trophy winner then? Carolina. I think Toronto may do it. I don't think they. Have, I don't know if they have enough for President's Trophy, but yeah, it, it's it's either Carolina or Toronto. Uh, the East beats itself up. It's got to be a that's West that, team. That's what I'm saying, man. I'll go Carolina just because I don't want to be the same as you and take Edmonton because Edmonton makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I'd, I'll really, go Carolina. I'd really be fine with either one, honestly, but I'm perfectly fine with the Oilers getting the President's Trophy. There Let you them go. win. You can, ha- you can have this one. There's nothing wrong with it. You can have it. It's all yours. All yours. Take it. Take but it. Yeah. It would be funny if they were the ones to break the President's Trophy curse. It fucking would be. Yeah. Was... But, but that's the Pacific. We got one yeah. division left. Yeah, and to go through it again, Sharks 8, Ducks 7, Vancouver 6. We swapped Calgary and Seattle at 4 and 5, LA 3, Vegas 2, Edmonton 1. I mean, it's 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 a competitive division, and I can definitely see a couple of things being different, but I, I feel okay about that one, especially compared to the other two divisions we just did where everything feels so close. It feels like there's several different tiers of teams where you have – the Sharks in a league of their own, I'd say the Ducks, and then probably still in a tier of their own. Vancouver probably in a tier of their own. Calgary and Seattle in a tier of their own. L.A. on the fringes of being in that top tier, but I just don't think they have enough. And that's Vegas and Edmonton at the top. Yep. Yep. Couldn't agree with you more. Yep. So unless you've got any other last second wisdom to add, I think we are set to wrap up this one. 
and get to our final one, the one I'm sure everyone's been waiting for with the Central Division. I'm just ready to talk some Central Division hockey. Me too, my man. So make make sure you're getting your your Stanley Cup pick ready because we got to do that one next episode. Too. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for it too. But that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.